Okay, the class is in memory of Jared Orchen, and today we're going to learn the Aftora of the last day of Pesach. Then get it for Pesach anyway. The last day of Pesach is the right appropriate time to learn. 1518. What's unique about the, the, this Aftora, it's a very unique Aftora. The Aftora speaks about the Moshiach. Everybody wants to know what the Moshiach is going to do, how is it going to look like, then the only codifier that wrote about Moshiach is Maimonides. Maimonides wrote a book, a book of Code of Jewish Law. Most of the rabbis who wrote a book of Code of Jewish Law wrote only about laws that are, that are practical in our days, in exile. They write about the temple because it's not practical. But many, many, many laws they, they, they omitted. Maimonides wrote a book about everything. Everything that's in the Torah is in his book. To a point that he wrote that my book, he says, his book will be, is a, you can learn the Bible, and from the five books of Moses, go to his book, and you don't. You don't need anything in between. That's how much he was. Then he wrote also laws about Moshiach. What do, how is Moshiach going to look like? How are we going to know who is the Moshiach? What is his job going to be? What is the order of things to take place? Where he took his sources, part of it from this chapter, a big part from this chapter. Then this chapter, now why we read after about Moshiach in the last day of Pesach? What do you think? Elijah is supposed to announce the coming of Moshiach. Mm -hmm. Oh, that the first answer is that Elijah is supposed to announce the coming of Moshiach. When is Elijah supposed to announce the coming of Moshiach? When we have a cup of Elijah? Nisan. Uh, on which day of Pesach? Uh, on the first day. night, right? <laughs> Shouldn't we read the after on the first night? Should we read it on the first day? Why in the last day? No. Elijah comes first, right? Ela comes okay, first Elijah comes the first day and Moshiach came the last day. That's interesting, actually. <laughs> but... There is a few explanations. But the main explanation is, and the true explanation is, the Passover is a celebration of the past and of the future. Like everything in life. Like every Shabbat. We spoke about it a long time ago. Not a long time ago, a few, a few months ago. The Torah in the Torah, right? We read in the synagogue. The Torah is what God told us. In the beginning, what you should do. The after is the prophet to prophesy the future, kind of. The past and the future. And we are in the middle in the present. Pesach is a celebration of the past, the exodus from Egypt, and the future, the future coming of Moshiach. If you divide it within the first night, the first half of the Seder is about the past. The second half of the Seder, you know that the custom to fill up the cup of Elijah in Chabad, at least, is after, before benching, after the meal. When we open the door, by the end of the Seder, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because in the beginning, it's about the exodus from Egypt. We tell the story, we the Maror, we the Matzah, what happened? After the meal, we're getting ready to read Afikoman, starting to talk about the future. We're opening the cup of Eli the, the door for Elijah, we're filling up the cup of Elijah, Talking to God about God. And what, how we finish their God Day, their Seder? Next year in Jerusalem. Next year in Jerusalem. It's about the future. That's if you take the Seder itself. If you take the two nights of the, of the, the first two nights, then the first night is more about the past, the second night is more about the future. If you take the whole holiday, the first Yontef is about the past. The second holiday of Pesach, the last two days, are about the future. If you take the, the last holiday and you divide it into two, the seventh day is more about the splitting of the sea, about the past. The last day of Pesach is about the future, about the coming of Moshiach. That's why the Torah is in the last day of Pesach. We finish the last day of Pesach, we speak to God. Till now we celebrated the past, the Exodus of Egypt. Now, we are talking about the future. And that's why, by Hasidim, the Baal Shem Tov established the concept, a custom, a tradition. Then the last day of Pesach, we make a meal. By the last day, this year it's going to be Monday, is the last day of Pesach, right? 
Monday night will be the end of Pesach. Monday night, before the holiday is over, when everybody's already on because they want to eat the bread, <laughs> Hasidic Jews get together and they have a meal. It's called the meal of Moshiach, welcoming the Moshiach. Because the Baal Shem Tov said that in these hours, this day, the light of Moshiach is shining in the world. It means there is an awareness of Moshiach, a strong awareness of Moshiach on this night. It's the day of Moshiach, the last day of Pesach. By Hasidim it used to be, it's called a Moshiach dance. A dance that you dance to welcome Moshiach. And it was a very happy day by, by, by Hasidic Jews. Since the Baal Shem Tov. Some people called it the, the Baal Shem Tov's meal. But the real name is the Moshiach's meal. The Baal Shem Tov made it to welcome the Moshiach. It's a meal to welcome the Moshiach. We don't welcome Moshiach with a fest. We don't welcome Moshiach with prayers. We have a meal. We have fun, we sing and we dance, and we enjoy it. And that goes very well with the whole concept of, if you, if you realize the after of the, of Chola Moet Pesach, we learned that last year, I'm sorry to remind you, but uh, in the classes, the after of Chola Moet Pesach is also about messianic thing. What's about? No. Very famous chapter from the book of Ezekiel. The dry bones, the dry bones, the resurrection of the dead. Again, you see, it's all the theme of Pesach. It's all about leading us towards the concept of Moshiach. And the last day of Pesach is the time to speak about the coming of Moshiach. Think there shouldn't the dry bones be after this? It's a good question that I just thought as I was speaking about it. <laughs> And really, the, the, the resurrection of the dead is after the coming of Moshiach, will be after the coming of Moshiach. But maybe, what's the dry bones? I'll tell you the difference. The dry bones is a story that happened already. This is going to happen. Then to give, to install faith in the hearts of the Jewish people, you tell them, guys, guys, don't think it's such a far-fetched idea. It happened already. Not in Israel, in Babylon, in the exile, and then the resurrection of the dead. Then don't worry, Moshiach can come and can do it again. That's why it's, I think it's a preparation. If you want to inspire somebody about Moshiach, you tell them what happened already, and then tell them the same thing will happen again. I think that's, maybe that's the reason why, why it's this, the after of this Shabbos Cholamoed from Pesach comes before, the resurrection of the dead comes before the coming of Moshiach. Now, the Aftorah starts not with the coming of Moshiach. The Aftorah, oh, I didn't give you the chapters. It's page 15, 18, but the chapters, it's in the book of Isaiah. It's the Aftorah is, begins, 15, 18, yeah? Mm -hmm. The Aftorah begins with chapter, with the end of chapter 10 in the book of Isaiah, the old chapter 11 and old chapter 12. Not so long. But what's the, the end of chapter 10? It starts with something, a whole, with the whole story before that. that that's explained also why we read it. You know the story with Hezekiah, the king of, of, the, of uh, Jerusalem, the king of Judah, once the Assyrian king came to destroy Jerusalem. The Assyrian king was the superpower, the America of that time. Saragon was his name, the king. Saragon, something like Sanheriv. that. Sanheriv. Sanheriv. Yes, Sanheriv was the name. Yes, you're right, Sanheriv was his name. That's Saragon. Sanheriv was the king. And Sanheriv came to destroy Jerusalem. Before that, they already conquered pieces of, of Israel. I think they destroyed 42 cities before they made it to Jerusalem. He came with 180,000, I think, soldiers to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was like a little shtetl. Everything around was destroyed. And he came to Jerusalem, Erev Pesach. They arrived in the army. There was a city not far from Jerusalem, a village, Nov. In Nov, he asked to build a big, they built for, for the king, for Sanherif, a big uh, tower. And he went up in the tower to look over to Jerusalem. He looked over and he says, for this I slept all my soldiers? Tomorrow, he said, everybody will throw a stone, will destroy the city. He was right. 
With one stone, they would destroy the city. He had uh, his commander-in-chief was a Jew. Sanchev's commander-in-chief, the head of the army who comes to destroy Jerusalem, was a Jew. Really, huh? Nice. His name was Rav Shoke. Rav Shoke stood over the wall of Jerusalem and gave the Jews in Jerusalem a speech. It was a siege around Jerusalem. He gave them a sermon in Hebrew. Guys, give in. What's the point to fight? Don't you see that you're going to be destroyed? Give in. And the Jews in Jerusalem, well, it was already a famine. The Jews in Jerusalem was saying, oh, what's the point, what's the point? Not only the Jews. The majority of the Sanhedrin owed to give in. Hiskia was the king, he was standing strong, but he started to think if the majority of the rabbis are against him, maybe they're right. Don't you have to go after the majority? This in Judaism teaches us to go after the majority. Came to him Isaiah the prophet and told them that a majority of bad people is not a majority. If the majority of the world will tell us to abandon Judaism, we're going to listen to them? No! A majority against God doesn't count. Within Jewish law, we go after the majority. The majority of the Jews says tomorrow we're not going to keep Shabbos, Shoyim, Ois. The majority actually believes so. So, <laughs> not going to listen to them. Then he told them, don't be afraid of them. His was laying in bed. He turned to God and said, God, now it's your turn. I cannot do anything. His did not have an army. The people were sick, were hungry, they were starving. It was Erev Pesach. Hezekiah told them, go celebrate the Seder, and Hashem will make us miracles. And Rav Shoke told his, his king, Sancheri, his, his boss, or oh, you can get them to them today or never. Because this is a night known to be miracles for the Jewish people. He is a Jew, the Jewish spark woke up in him. Sancheri said, ah, nonsense. Tomorrow. With his head, he did like this. Ah. <laughs> that night, a, a plague spread among the army of Sancheriv. Most of them died. The rest ran away. Sancheriv ran away with his two sons. He heard that the two sons overheard that I think that he wants to sacrifice them to his god. They killed them. Instead of his sacrifice them, they sacrificed them. <laughs> and was, Jerusalem was saved. It was a huge miracle. Huge! Then Jerusalem was destroyed by, by to the Babylons. But Sancheriv, the superpower, who destroyed already three quarters of Israel, the, the kingdom of the ten tribes, the northern kingdom was destroyed by Sancheriv. The lost ten tribes were the accomplishment of the Assyrian king. Came to little Jerusalem with a king Hizkiah who is no correct to do anything, was, was, was saved. Since, I mean, why? Because that's a night for miracles to be done for Israel. Who said it? Rav Shokei said it. The Jew who, who, who joined the other side knew the truth. This is the end, the beginning of the Aftorah, is the end of this, is kind of, of this story. All right, today... And, and what happened to that general, the Jewish general, the bad one? I think, I think Sancherev killed him, I think, if I remember correctly. Don't worry, no Jew who joined this came out alive. You know, there is, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe was arrested to Jewish boys in Russia. The KGB, the, KGB, the, star, uh, the guys were, the biggest communists were Jews. They arrested the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe. Kids of Hasidim became communists and arrested. He used to speak to him in Yiddish. Rebbe, come here. <laughs> in Yiddish. He told them, you think you're going to survive this? Stalin killed all the Jews who became communists. He got rid of them because he didn't trust them. In any case, the Jews who collaborated with the enemy never, never, never came out good from this story. Today, today Assyria will stand at Nov, boasted the king of Assyria as his army marched toward Jerusalem and waved their hands mockingly at the mount of the daughter of Zion, the hill of Jerusalem, as if to suggest how easy the conquest will be. That's what I told you, mate. Eh, Jerusalem, Gulbisht, it's a nothing. Go ahead, but... <coughs> but the master, God of hosts, will send an angel to destroy them, to cut down with an axe their arrogance, which is as high as the tree branches. 
The tall, strong ones will be felled and die, and the lofty ones lowered. The army, who are like intertwined branches of the forest, will be cut down with iron, and Lebanon will fall by an angel as mighty as bronze. Basically, it's a prophecy from Isaiah that the whole be destroyed and nothing will be left from them. Right, so we actually say there's an, uh, the angel will destroy them as opposed to God directly. Because I think it's written that an angel came and destroyed them. That's what's written in, in a lot of places in, in, the, in the Bible. Mm -hmm. But what I need to say is the, that's one of the explanations why we read the Torah on, the, on Pesach, because this happened the first night of Pesach, that has a connection to Pesach. And so far, we're speaking about, you see, after the Syrian army, after this huge miracle, what comes next, Mashiach? After such an unbelievable miracle, the superpower of the world was not able to, to win this little city, then it's time for Mashiach. That Isaiah now is starting to, to prophesy what's going to happen then. He prophesied before the story of uh, Asin, uh, Sancheriv happened. Some people say years before, 10 years, 20 years, maybe more, even more, before it actually happened. Prophecy is not after, it's before. <laughs> okay, number chapter 11, number one. Do not be surprised by this wonder, for a time will come when God will do something even more wondrous, when a staff will come out from the shoots of Yeshaya. Ishai. Ishai. Who is Ishai? Jesse. Who is Jesse? <laughs> Father of David. A staff will come out from Mishai, it means from the house of David. Moshiach is believed to, supposed to come from the, is a descendant of David. He says somebody will come out from Ishai, from the father of David, yeah. A branch will sprout from his, his roots who will be the king Mashiach. Moshiach, is not to speak about Moshiach. Okay, number two. Oh. The spirit of prophecy from God will rest on him. The spirit of prophecy will rest upon him. Continue, I'm sorry. A spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of counsel and courage, a spirit of knowledge and fear of God. Okay, let's stop right here. A spirit of chokhmah and bina, knowledge and uh, wisdom and knowledge, what he says? Um, wisdom and understanding. And then he says about um, Eitzah and Gvura. What is Eitzah and Gvura? Um, the spirit, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and courage, spirit of knowledge and fear of God. Now he combines here something very interesting. Counsel is an intellectual thing. Courage is an emotional thing. Spirit of knowledge, knowledge is an intellectual thing. Fear of God is an emotional thing. Usually, intellectual people are not emotional. Emotional people are not so intellectual. Moshiach will have this real combination, the perfect combination. He will be emotional as much as is needed and will be knowledgeable as, as to that most. He will be able to combine what we have such a hard time to combine. How much, how much co knowledge a person who is into thinking, into, uh, into knowledge, is more a cold, reserved person. Person is emotional, is more an, out, an outgoing person. To combine this, to have the right amount of both of them, that's going to be by Moshiach. And in number three comes the real deal. Before we get there, quick yeah, question. Please. Does this verse actually rule out a divine Messiah because a divine Messiah cannot fear God? A divine Messiah? Oh, uh, what do you mean? Yeah, well, the Christian concept. I mean, can God fear God? I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean the whole thing doesn't... I mean, if you only read one line here, the whole thing doesn't make sense. I mean, a person, a person, a human being, a human... Moshiach will not know that he's Moshiach until God will tell him that he's Moshiach. You understand? He might be a great rabbi. Oh, he wasn't descended from the lineage of David. No, that's, that's beside the point. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't have a father. The lineage goes by father. Yeah, so to begin with. Understood. <laughs> <laughs> a little the sentence in Judaism goes by the father. Jewish or not Jewish by the mother. If you're a coin, a levy from the house of David on Judah, it's all by the father. 
Somebody doesn't have a father cannot have a lineage. And also, why would someone who's divine need to be a prophet here, too? Yeah, but we have the, the, the whole thing. <laughs> but Moshiach will be a person, a human being that was born to a mother and a father. And he will not know that he's Moshiach until God tells him. It's a, it's, in every generation, needs to be a candidate for Moshiach. If God wants to redeem the Jewish people now, this minute, he needs to have somebody to, cannot have a baby to be born within 50 years. The, the Rebbe writes that in almost, that's how the Rebbe writes, almost in every generation there is a Moshiach. But many of them were young. I mean, they, they it's not a matter of young or old. It has to be an adult that can lead the Jewish people. It has to be at least somebody that can inspire them. It's a little child, nobody's going to listen but to But Solomon was 13 or... Solomon was a king because of his father. If he would show up from nowhere and say, oh, I'm smart, who would listen to him? Yeah, when your father is the king, you can be a chocham. But if a Moshiach was to come and inspire the world, I don't think a 12-year-old child can do it. Listen, if he can, good, good for him, but then he has to be 12 years old at least. He has to be somewhere. But himself, and this is Moshiach, he will not know about it. It's not like he, he might be born with the potential of being Moshiach. He's a good candidate, but to be the Moshiach, he has to be. Now, the prophet gives us basically the, the tools, the signs. How we know that he's Moshiach? How we know he's Moshiach? How we know to check him? Number three. He will, <clears throat> he will be able to smell whether people are good or evil. Due to his tremendous fear of God, he will not need to judge by appearance or decide what he hears, for he will know the answer in his heart. Well, no, 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 okay. He'll know the answer in his nose. He will judge the poor. Smell is metaphor. Obviously, smell is metaphor. What does the Hebrew say? He will smell. So it's the same. He will do. He's good, he's not. Like a sniff test. The point is, he will be able to, he will know, he will know by, by prophecy, basically. You know, when Bar Kokhva, when he started the war, the revolution against, against the Roman, Rabbi Akiva said that he's Moshiach. And the rabbis, that's in one place. That I think in the Jerusalem Talmud says clearly that he was Mashiach. And my money decides that Rabbi Akiva and the majority of the rabbis said that he is Mashiach. Then in the Talmudic, I think in the, in the, in the, in the Babylonian Talmud it's written in Sanhedrin that he said that he is Mashiach, that the rabbis sent to check if he can smell and judge. And when they saw that he cannot smell and judge, they said, no, you're not Moshiach. Because it's written here that you have to be able to smell and judge. Not by information. You have to know. By divine power. If you don't have it, you're not a Moshiach. So on what basis does a certain group of people think the Rebbe was the Moshiach? No, they didn't say the Rebbe was Moshiach. They said the Rebbe was a good candidate to be the Moshiach. It's a difference between a candidate and Moshiach. A Moshiach that we need to tell you that he came is not Moshiach. What's Moshiach? As you're going to read here, the whole world will become a perfect place. A world of peace. That if I need to tell you that Moshiach came, obviously the world did not become yet a perfect place. Then what's the point? It might, you might be the Moshiach. I don't care. You changed the world, you didn't change the world. When you change the world, you don't need to prove me. And when you didn't change the world, I don't care. Then it doesn't really, it's not relevant, you understand? That, that's what I said in the beginning, in every generation needs to be a candidate for Moshiach. The Rebbe was a very good candidate, but Moshiach didn't come yet. Actually, the Rebbe told it once to somebody who told them, the Rebbe is Moshiach, the Rebbe said to them, Moshiach himself would not know that he's Moshiach, until Moshiach comes, until Hashem tells them. Then the whole kind of talking is nonsense. This is still smell, uh, uh, you know, um for 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 people, the most developed sense is is sight. We say, "I see what you mean." Um, for animals, it's smell. 
This is an animal. It, it's uh, you know well, when a dog sees someone they haven't seen in ten years, they recognize they recognize the person based on its instinct. Based on so that's maybe that's what this implies. Maybe it's 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 based by instinct. The, yeah, you, it's no question, but I would say but by it's an not interesting, instinct. It's instinct. an interesting allusion to animals. So it's a very interesting. They say by, uh, we don't say it by instinct, but they say it by by uh, what the word for it? Nature. By, no, there is uh, intuition. Yes, it's similar intuition. to that, but it's... Intuition is not something that you see, it's intuition. It's, you feel it. It's really something that you feel. Really, every time, and the Rebbe, a few times, real times, the Rebbe spoke about stories about other Chabad, other people that, that knew things, or he said he felt. He didn't say he knew. He said he felt. He, he had a feeling to do this and this. That the word that he used was not... Logic, not he understood that he's supposed to do this. There's a famous story about the Alter Rebbe, the first Chabad Rebbe, once on Yom Kippur. I mentioned the story. Yom Kippur, in the middle of the service day, he took off his towels and he went out. He thought he went out to the restroom, the waiting. He's not coming back. He started to look for him all the the city. He found him in a, in a home of a woman who just gave birth. Her husband is surely doesn't even know that she gave birth, and and she she was freezing cold. And he chopped wood, onion keeper, the outer rabbi, and he made a fire, and he cooked, and he warmed her up, just to save the baby, save the mother. Then the rabbi told the story, he said, that the outer rabbi was sitting in shul, and he felt, there is needed there, he didn't say he knew, he had a message, he felt, that it's all about intuition, also it's almost like smell, that's the concept. But he says here that Moshiach will be somebody that will have an intuition that he will feel who is right and who is wrong. Who was in the past like this? You mentioned that. Solomon, the judgment of the... Mm -hmm. Also, think about it, the story with Moses, right? Moses came out, the first day he killed the Egyptian, right? The second day, he saw two Jews fighting. He told, one, he told the guy, he told one guy, he told the, the bad guy, why are you beating up your friend? He told the bad guy. How do you know he's the bad guy? <laughs> it was an intuition. Just like by Solomon. The Solomon with the Chochmah of cutting off the baby. It could work out, you know, I couldn't. It's, it's after the story, it's a good story. But before that, it could go the other direction. It's a feeling. That's what it, but that's the only two stories in the Bible to give that people judge by this intuition. Is this but, intuition a lower level of prophecy, would you say? Probably, yes. What could be maybe even higher level than prophecy? I mean, prophecy is only what God tells you, you understand? Well, where do you think these thoughts are coming from? Wouldn't I they be coming from the show? Prophecy, even a great prophet, he doesn't know necessarily everything. He tells him only what God tells him. That's what he knows. Here, yeah, talking about judgment, that's an intuition thing that it's, it's, it's with him. You know what I mean? As long as they have the intuition. You can lose the intuition too. Sounds like divine intuition. Sure, divine intuition. But, but you don't think that, that Hashem it's a gift from God. gives the it's a gift from, absolutely. It's like Samson losing his absolutely. Uh, he lost. He lost his gift. No, you're right. right. A tzaddik can lose his intuition. Absolutely. But Hashem is is intuiting. He's absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Sense into that. Absolutely, Hashem. absolutely. Number four. What is he going to do when he has this intuition? <clears throat> he will judge the poor justly, uninfluenced by the power of the rich, and he will rebuke fairly for the cause of the lowly of the land. He will strike down the wicked of the land with the curse of his mouth, sharp like a rod, and he will slay evildoers with the utterance of his lips. Okay. <laughs> Everything that he will do is with his mouth. He will not touch anybody. All his power will be with his mouth. He will slaughter with, with, him, with the mouth. The whole verse speaks about with his mouth, he will judge, he will bring justice, he will defend the poor, everything with his mouth. So he's not a military leader according to this pass. Exactly, exactly. That was the problem in Bar Kochba too. But in Numbers 24, talking about the star, it is a military pass. Why? It's the Mashiach ben Yosef. The military guy. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is it not? Yeah, but Mashiach ben Yosef is not a most. We'll talk about it maybe later, but what must be is the Moshiach that comes from the house of David. That's what must be. There is, according to some traditions in the Talmud and other places, that before the final Moshiach will be a Moshiach before him from the tribe of Joseph, from the tribe of Ephraim, 
that he will make the walls, and then after he will die, be killed or die, and after him will come the Moshiach, the son of David, from the house of David. But it doesn't have to be like this. It could be like this. What it's written in Maimonides as a code of Jewish law, there's going to be one Moshiach. That's for sure going to be. If it will be a Moshiach before the Moshiach, it's not clear. If you didn't understand exactly what I just said, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Number uh, five. Justice will be the belt on his loins and faith the belt on his waist. Continue. Here comes the most beautiful lines. Oh, oh, oh. Go for it. <laughs> the wolf will live peacefully with the lamb and the leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf, the lion, and the fattened ox will graze together, and a young boy will lead them without being harmed. Whoa! This is, where is this line written? United Nations. Yeah, I think so. No, there, there is a similar line, not this line. Uh, but, yeah, the idea is that the lion and the, and the, will see, will, will, will sit together, every, all the animals will, will live together, will be peace in the world. Such a peace that will affect animals too, not just human beings. If Moshiach will do this, do we need proof that he's Moshiach? I'm asking you. If the world will be a peaceful world, we don't even know. Didn't that proof. happen on um, the ark, Noah's ark? Very good, very good. In Noah's ark was a sense of Moshiach. Where before that was it? God nothing. We're basically going full cycle. We're going back to the original plan. Not inventing anything new. God started this way. The snake spoke to Eve. It was all a nice, happy family. Everybody was getting along. Then the most important thing of Moshiach is peace. Bringing peace to the world. As long as there is fight and jealousy and competition, which means Moshiach doesn't come. When my man in this ride, what will be when Moshiach will come here? Right? will not be there. Not jealousy, and not competition, and not wars, because good will be plentiful, and everybody will have time to learn Torah. It will be a beautiful world. That's what Moshiach is all about. And he says in, in another line, he says, the whole purpose of Moshiach is to bring peace to the world. And he continues this, and it's all based, all my money deciding is basically based on this chapter. And it continues in number seven. The cow and the bear will graze together and their young will lie down together. The lion will eat straw like an ox. Ah, isn't this beautiful? What is this saying? Vegetarian. They'll become vegetarian. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what are that's Moshiach, now you're talking. <laughs> so you're reverting back to pre, oh, oh, uh, oh, 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 oh. to the Garden of Eden, before the flood. Very good. Till now it was a joke. Really? What do you think the world? The world is coming towards Moshiach. One of the proofs is this, that we become more vegetarian, yes. The world is going back to the original plan. People are living longer, like before the, 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 from the eating from the tree of knowledge. People are LTL, taller, a part of the women are leading the world. Just like Eve was, was the leader. She told Adam to eat or not to eat, right? The world is coming back to the original plan. A part of it is, eating, is, eating, is being vegetarian. According to many opinions, when Moshiach will come, the world will be a vegetarian world. The whole concept of killing animals will not be there. I don't, it really makes sense a lot. And, he, and this is what he says. The lion will be vegetarian. No killing. No, not animals even will not kill other animals. That's why the first 1500 years, he was not allowed to eat meat until the flood. What happened after the flood? God saw that people are eating other people. He said, you know what? He started to eat animals. That's one of the explanations. Now they're becoming to a good place, the people are relaxed and people are more meaningful, more spiritual, that everybody will be vegetarian, yes. Number eight. A baby will play at a viper's hole and an infant will stretch his hands over an adder den. 
I have a question for you on that yeah. one. Is that an undoing of the curse uh, in the Garden of Eden? Yes. Yeah. Of the, of the, 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 the snake will attack the human. Yeah. And this is exactly the opposite. Yeah, the snake will get along with human. Exactly. That's exactly the metaphorical, the, the, the old vision of Moshiach. It's, a, it's just a total peace between everything alive. Exactly. Now, Maimonides says that, the, 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 this is more a metaphorical concept, that people will get along. You know what? People to get along is a bigger miracle that the lions with, 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 uh, with the widow, with the snakes getting along. A much bigger miracle. You know why? Because animals do not have free choice. It's much easier to change their instinct. Much harder to change people. He says, we know, he writes like this, Moshe is not here to make miracles, just to bring peace in the world. It's like almost an oxymoron. Moshe is not here to make miracles, just to bring peace in the world. Just to make peace in the world, that's it. Just no ISIS, no fighting, no mother-in-law, no father, no Buddhist, no father, everything is good. No neighbor fights, nothing, everything will be good. Oh. So do you have to change human nature to do that, is the question. Oh. What is the, here is, here is, our, here is the secret. What, how are we going to do this? It depends who's left. <laughs> no, everybody will be left. Not going to kill everybody, that's what it. God is not coming to destroy the world. He built it, he's the CEO. He built something, he's not here to destroy it. He wants to keep it. But he wants people to be better. That he right? makes them better. We don't destroy them. Somebody's wrong, we'll shoot them. No, they didn't accomplish much. <laughs> the accomplishment is to make him into a better person. What is the secret? How are we going to accomplish it? Number nine. Okay, go ahead. These snakes will do no damage or harm anywhere in my holy mount, for the earth will be filled with knowledge of God as water covers the seabed. Whoa! The earth will be full with knowledge of God. But we sit here and learn Torah. You know that 200 years ago, most of the people did not have time to learn Torah. They worked so hard, they fell into sleep, they were dead. Today, humanity, society has so much free time and so much access to knowledge. That's another thing that's going toward Moshiach. Think about it. There is coming a time, and it's because everything is computerized, that if you don't have, if you cannot work with your brains, you will not have a job, you will not have what to eat. It's already happening. People complain, oh, all their jobs went to China. You can bring it back. Dreams, it's everything computerized. I was in a, in a vein, uh, wine factories in, in Israel. From, from taking off the, the grapes from the tree all the way to the, to the box, the bottle in the box, all machinery. Not one person touched anything. And that was 10 years ago, 15 years ago. What is driverless cars do you think is going to happen? The idea of people doing manual work will be over. It's a matter just of time, 20 years, 30, it's going to be over. Then there'll be a question, if you can use your brains, if you can be a, te a, a computer technician, you have a job. If not, you're garnished. Then the idea of what is the simple people will do will be no such thing as simple people. Everybody will need education. Everybody will have to use his brain. Be not, you'll have to, you, it'll be about knowledge. That's the bottom line. The famous line in English, knowledge is power, it'll be even more than. Then people have a lot of time. They, don't, they have huge, huge access to knowledge today with the internet. Everybody can be as the greatest scholar. Only on Shabbat you have to really know Torah because you cannot type <laughs> on your computer, <laughs> on your cell phone. I, this week I had an argument with a rabbi. Another rabbi is telling somebody asked me a question about um, cremation. I told them there is a verse in the Bible about it, in, in the, in the, I think in the book of Jeremiah. And the other rabbi looked at me like this. I typed it and I said, it's right there. I'm a scholar too. <laughs> <laughs> and Shabbos, they, they said in, in, Jude, in the Talmud, there is an expression, a Talmud Chochem, a scholar, is considered like Shabbat. You know why? You can be, a, when you know if you're a, a scholar today, only on Shabbos, and you cannot uh, type on the computer, you have to have, give an answer right away. They will know how much you really know. But this is going to be, the field will be, the land will be, the world will be filled with knowledge, like the water fills, Fills the, the sea. What is the metaphor here? 
When you look in the sea, you don't see fish. You see only water. There's a whole world underneath. <coughs> the fish are nullified to the water. They don't have their own existence. So too, human beings, the knowledge of God will be, will be such an awareness about God that me and you will not be important. It will be, the, the awareness will be, everybody will be talking about God. You know when there is a, when the president walks into a room, the awareness in the room is all about the president. Nobody talks about who is this guy. Who is this guy? Nobody cares. Everybody wants to see the president or the, the famous person. The knowledge of God will fill the world that nothing goes to matter. And when nothing goes to matter, there will be no wars. It's written that Moshiach will come and be everybody will be plenty. You know why it will be plenty? Because nobody will pick this up. Nobody will need it. The newspaper from yesterday you can get for free. It's old news. Nobody needs it. If money becomes not important, if material things become not important, so you won't take it. Is this a time of uh, more manna? I mean, who's going to produce the food? No manna. That's a whole other discussion. But you'll have food. Don't worry. I without it. I mean, people still have to work. I mean. Not exactly. With, with Not the Jews, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole discussion about that, but I'll tell you, after the resurrection of the dead, people will not live from food. It will be a different life. The physical bodies, but we will, our, our nourishment will be, will be from spirituality, not from food, not from physical food. Similar to Adam and Eve prior to something, something like this? Sin. Yeah. Um, their, bo their bodies were different. Their skin was the whole different. thing would be energy different. absorption. Well, they were they were more spiritual. You're right. The whole thing would be different. Then, will in the, also we will not procreate after the resurrection of the dead. Whoever was born was born. Shine. That's it. After the resurrection of the dead. But when Moshiach comes, until the resurrection of the dead, will be more a physical, regular world. At that time, people will walk, but it will be a different world. Like now, look, look. The moment there comes a driverless car, you know how much time we will live on our end? You know how much time we spend in front of the wheel? This will not be them. You know, you can, can do in the car so many good things you can do. <laughs> People don't know what to do with their time. And so on and on. And they say that every person has like two, hour, two three hours every day in his life. Two. Seven. Two. <laughs> and, and for people whose souls have been reincarnated. I'm talking about everybody be resurrected. But even before the resurrection, I'm talking about the world will be a world that physical things will not need our, our attention. It will be provided. Look, just today in one cell phone, you have the, the computer and, you, and, you, and, a, and a camera. And it, when people talked about that 10 years ago, it sounds like a dream. It's all of combining space and time and making things available that we can, we can, we can concentrate on more, on more knowledge. That we, we just have to direct it to the knowledge of God. But more, more people are actually interested today in knowledge of God too. So does Maimonides talk about a two-stage resurrection then? Stage number one will be a natural era, and then yes. stage number two, post-resurrection, is, is supernatural? Post-resurrection, Maimonides doesn't speak much about what's going to be. But, but uh, Nachmanides speaks about it, and we go with Nachmanides' opinion. It's all this question about Maimonides thinks that after resurrection, after everything, people will not be any more bodies and will be, live as souls. Nachmanides says we will live as bodies. That's the ultimate. The question is what's the ultimate? The body should disappear or the body should be there? That the Nachmanides says the body should be here because if I did a mitzvah with my body, it's not fair to get a reward only as a soul. I suffer the, in the physical world, then you give me the body as a soul. It's like I walked in America, you give me shekels, give me dollars. Then it has to be in a physical world. The reward is to be in the same physical world where there was the hard, hard work. Okay, now we're going to number 10. On that day, Mashiach will arise from the root of Yishai. First of all, just to interrupt you a little bit. Ve'oyo ba'yoyimahu. At that day, every time, certain that day, it comes about the coming of Mashiach. Go ahead. On that day, Mashiach, who will arise from the root of Yishai, will stand as a banner for the nations whom all the people will seek. His peaceful approach will earn him respect. Then the whole world will ask him for his knowledge. 
Just like it's written about Solomon, that the queen of Sheba came and the world came to him, will be a leader that the world will respect and beg him for, the, for, for, his, for, his, for his guidance. And it's not so far-fetched. I mean, if it could be a bad leader who motivated 100 million Germans to do evil, could be a good leader, a charismatic leader that people, everybody, leaders of nations, everybody will come and ask him, tell me how to do this. And if he's not, if his advice is walking, people want to hear what he has to say. Everybody will want to hear what he has to say. Today is a world that people will seek knowledge from a person who doesn't need any power. For example, the Rebbe, you're talking about the candidate. The Rebbe was a man that he didn't have any power. People were standing in line for 10 hours, 20 hours, just to, just to ask him one question, just to ask one, for one more. How should I do this? What should I do this? But there is power. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's what a Moshiach will be a man that not by, because he's not the power of the, of the end. His knowledge, his world, his mouth will bring everybody around them. Not just Jews, the rest of the world. Because he cannot bring redemption only for the Jewish people. Yeah, you want to redeem, you have to redeem the world. That we are not living in a bubble. Everybody has to be connected. When you talk about the concept of, of on that day, again, day doesn't seem to be 24 hours in that context. The day means when the day will come, the time will come. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not necessarily it one day. It's been era. Era, yeah, absolutely. Era, yeah. Well, then there's again, number 11, on that day. <laughs> on that day, God will again show his strength to retake the remnant of his people. Those remaining in Assyria, Egypt, Patros, Ethiopia, Elam, Shinar, Hamas, and the Sea Islands. It will be as if he will signal to the nations, and he will inspire them to release their Jewish inhabitants. Thus, he will assemble the exiles of Israel, gathered and dispersed of Yehuda, from the four corners of the earth. Wow! Here he's speaking about the, the gathering of the exile. Now here comes something very important. Very, very important. What's first? And what's later? First is what? The coming of Moshiach. And then will be the gathering of the exile. Right? Mm -hmm. That's the way my money besides it. Uh, my mind is right, literally, it's so similar to this, it's unbelievable. Even that I learned my mind is a thousand times this chapter, and I knew that after all, but I never made a connection. You learn every day something new. I have to learn many new things. In any case, my mind is right, the same thing. Will come, will stand up a, 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 a king from the house of David, and he will be our kid's scholar, and he will inspire the Jews to, do, to, do, to live by the Torah. And, he, and then he says, the next step will be, he will gather, he gather the exile. He will build the temple, he writes. Then he will, gather, will be, bring all the Jews from all over the world, then we know it's Moshiach. That first we need a Moshiach. Moshiach will bring the exile, the Jews from all over the world. Why I'm baiting this a point? Mr. Gawain, you mind to move a little back? I'll tell you why I'm making this point. Because many people want to say, no. Zionism? That what? Uh, it, uh, that the, the state of Israel <laughs> is a beginning of the redemption. <laughs> the Rebbe said like this, the state of Israel is a big miracle, great miracle, amazing. It has nothing to do with redemption. Because redemption is the order. First Moshiach, then the gathering of the exiles. <coughs> Not first gathering of the exiles and then Moshiach. Does Ezekiel have a reverse order there? Very nice. Very nice. We're in Ezekiel. Chapter 36? I don't know. That's why I'm Chapter 36. But here is, the, here is the punchline. There is many things. That's why where the argument between the religious Zionists and Hasidim is about. Everybody writes these the sizes of books. Everybody brings proof and the Talmud from the But the bottom line, you go by the codifiers, by people who wrote the code of Jewish law. My man is New Ezekiel and New Isaiah, not, not less than me and you, right? And he still came to the conclusion that this is the way it goes. And no other codifier wrote against them. That that became the law. You understand what I'm saying? There is about every Jewish law you can find in the Bible and in the Talmud. Conflicting opinions, anything. Then what are you going to do? 
And this again says this, and this, this. Man, the chosen of Talmud says it. This way, the people will be Babylon. You can, you get lost forever. And what should they do? You go to the court of Jewish law, to the Shulchan Aruch, and you look what they wrote. They are the final, they have the final say. They knew all of the above, and they still, still came to this conclusion, that this is the conclusion. Then the Rebbe used to say it like this. He said, Maimonides knew Ezekiel, and he knew Isaiah. He knew the Jerusalem Talmud, he knew the biblical Talmud. The proofs in this way, and the proofs in this way, he still wrote a conclusion that first will be the coming of Mashiach, and then will be the, the gathering of the exiles. And because the, the code of Jewish law that was written by Yosef Karo later, and other codifiers, never contradicted this issue, that the law, there, is a, there is a system, there is rules. If the, if the later uh, codifier contradicted the one before, that you go by the later. But if he didn't contradict, it means he agrees. If he agrees, it means everybody agrees in Maimonides. That Maimonides has the last say on the issue. Then according to Maimonides, it's first has to come a Moshiach. Moshiach will gather the Jewish people. That Israel is a huge miracle. The miracle of, the, of, the, of, the, of, the, of history, I would say, in the last 2,000 years. But there's nothing to do with the coming of Moshiach. Coming of Moshiach is a whole different story. Israel could bring Moshiach. If Israel would behave the right way, yeah, that would be a huge step, step stool for Moshiach. A, a huge jump for Moshiach. If God gave us the land of Israel, he says, okay, here it is. Let's see what you do with it. Let's see what I'll do when Moshiach will come. How are we going to treat it? If he will treat it the right way, we will be deserving Moshiach to come and gathering all the angels from Israel. That it's almost like a, you know what a mock wedding is? It was a mock Moshiach. Here I give you the land of Israel. Let's see what you do with it. You want Jews, we want Moshiach, right? You want Moshiach, you will have your own uh, regime, we will, will control. Let's see what you need to do with it. Their idea of kind of a stepping stone argument that uh, we t we're partners with God, we take the first step, God finish finishes the next step. That's their argument. <laughs> but let's, let's say it is true, fine. Take the stepping stone, but here it is. No. Today God tells us, no. I gave you a land. Now what? Two thousand days you wanted, oh God, just bring us back to the land of Israel. Fine, here is the land of Israel. Now what? But do you love me? <laughs> do you love me? Exactly. Like David like is asking his wife, do you love me? Because <laughs> being in Israel is one step, but living the, 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 the Israel that we were praying for 2,000 years is not just to have a nice Tel Aviv city. It's a, it's a, it's a spiritual Israel. It's a Israel that's, that's written here. Israel that people are honest and people are just and take care of the poor and they love each other and they don't fight. We have a long way to go. It's a huge miracle, but comparing these chapters, we have a long way to go. Okay, we are number 13. Uh, here comes the, 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 the yeah. Ephraim's historic jealousy for the throne of Israel will cease. And their the jealousy will cease. The let's see if you skip the parentheses. Ephraim's jealousy will cease. That's why my man at the stakes will be a right, will be a world with no jealousy. Right here. Okay, continue. And their antagonism to Yehuda will be eliminated. Mm -hmm. Mashiach ben Yosef, a descendant of Ephraim, 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 will not envy Mashiach ben David, a descendant of Yehuda, and likewise, Yehuda's Mashiach will not trouble Ephraim's. 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 Together that, they will. That's it. That's right here. That first of all, for me and my man in these days, will not be jealousy. Ephraim will not be jealous of Judah, and Judah will not jealous of Ephraim. People will know how to get along. Is, is it <laughs> implying to Messiah? Huh? Is this implying to Messiahs? Yeah, Messiah, yes. we just mentioned yeah. it before. There it could be a Messiah, the son of Joseph, well, from the tribe of Ephraim. You know, to make peace between the Jews, it were two kingdoms. Kingdom of Israel, kingdom North of Judah. And the South, yeah. We need two Messiahs. If not, it's not going anywhere. It's a Messiah only from your neighborhood. Forget about it. We are not joining you. But as I said, my Maimonides doesn't write about that, therefore it's not a must. Back to the same concept. So R Rashi is following Mashiach ben Yosef, apparently from this concept. Um, yes, I think so. I think in other places too. Okay, together. They will swiftly attack the Philistines to the west and plunder the men of the east. 
Their hand will be extended over Edom and Moab, and the Ammonites will be subordinate to them. Okay, what means attack? We need to understand. We'll not attack. If you join us, you're more than welcome. We'll bring them around, not necessarily by war. Bring them around. Doesn't have to be in a bad way. There is another prophecy in the book of Zechariah. Where's the prophecy that a third of the world will be eliminated? Where is it? It's in Zechariah. Zechariah, right? I once said a guy came to me. Tells me, you know, the world is coming to an end, and the world, the world is going to be destroyed, and it's going to be uh, a nuclear power. I listened to it for 15 minutes, and I thought I'm dying. <laughs> I told him, will you pick this up? What is this? And he's like, you know, there are some people, the best people like to hear the best news. You know, you only, you attract the news that you enjoy to hear. It tells me it's in Zechariah. I look in Zechariah, I, I, I got me, the Schwarzenberg, I mean, I, I could, it's written. I said, I told him, I cannot give you an explanation, but there must be, there is more to it. Then I saw, the Rebbe has to talk about it. He says, God? who is called the merciful of, who has mercy on all his creatures, you say in the ashray, will destroy a third of the world. I said, nobody's going to be destroyed. People will do tshuva. But what happened is, as I said before, the concept of, of uh, um, reproduction will not be there. Then the people will live a good life to be under the throne and die little by little. The Jews will live whatever resurrection of the dead to live forever. But the rest of the world will go in a normal, healthy way. But they will cease to exist because there will not be any more reproduction. Not to the Jews, not to the non-Jews. But the mean to say the same thing is here. It doesn't mean it's going to have to be a war. All of this can be accomplished without one bullet. Look, the revolution, the, communist, the communism fell, collapsed without one bullet. That when the Rebbe was, was when the Rebbe was right before he got sick, the Rebbe said that this is a sign of messianic time. Who would believe that communism will collapse without a bullet? Who would believe such a thing? If you would tell it a year before, you would tell it to somebody, tell you, do you, you, you have a fever, you have to <laughs> see somebody. Okay, number 15. God will dry up the Nile, <clears throat> the tongue of the Egyptian sea. He will raise his hand over the Euphrates River with his powerful wind, and he will split the river into seven streams so that it can be trodden with shoes. We will split the river into seven, seven streams. How many streams were the, the splitting of the, Red, of the Red Sea was, according to the Medrash? For each tribe, 12. 12. Here at seven streams, because the whole nation is one nation, but there is seven ways to serve God. The branch of the, the menorah has seven branches that every Jew will have his way, so to speak. It's also compared to the three fathers and the four mothers together at seven. It goes, it's not by the tribe, 12 tribes, it go higher. The tribes are the son of Jacob. Patriarchs and matriarchs. Patriarchs and matriarchs. Yes. Go ahead, number 16. It will become a highway for the remnant of his people who will remain from Assyria just as there was for Israel on the day that they came up from the land of Egypt. The, just as like the exodus from Egypt to be another exodus. Egypt, the, the exodus from Egypt will be re, re, replayed and in a bigger way, in a much more calm. In, we were, it's written that we were, uh, we, were, we were hastened out of Egypt, we were chased out of Egypt. It's written that the prophet said the Moshiach will come, we will not be rushing out. We'll go with, with it's written in the prophet, where is it written? Somewhere in Isaiah, that you'll go out with, uh, in comfort and in, in, a, in a relaxed way. Somewhere around 50 or something. <laughs> Somewhere in Isaiah. Okay, now comes the end of the Aftorites, chapter 12. And you will say on that day, I thank you, God, for you were angry with me, but now let your wrath calm down and comfort me. You know what's written in this verse? Unbelievable. The Talmud brings an example. A guy was in a rush to a boat. Two, two partners were supposed to go on a business trip and take, take a boat. And one guy rushing to the boat, uh, tall, he, he got hurt, his leg went on a nail or something. And he hurt himself and he was so upset, he was cursing out the whole world that he missed the boat and he's now this and he's so in pain. And God is so bad to him. 
Daniel, the boxer. He started to thank God, oh, thank you, God, for doing it. What, suddenly the exhaustion of your food doesn't hurt you? The Moshiach will come, he will say thank you for all the service that we are doing next time. Yeah. It will be such a redemption that they say, ah, everything was watered. The episode spoke about this line many times. I'll say it that day. Thank you, God, for all the suffering that you gave me. Because the reward is so big that it was all water. That now we cannot even imagine it. What, what make water, whatever we, the Jewish people endured. But there will be a day that we will appreciate and we will be happy of all the suffering that we had because of the reward, the, the, the level that we'll reach. Is this the kind of the same rationale that some people use to justify the Holocaust that we finally got Israel as a result? So, no, no, uh, yeah, that's I, I'm not justifying that. We'll finish in a minute. But uh, that's just when you, when I justify another person's neck, it's not. <laughs> I'm saying, oh, it was water. <laughs> Let's ask the guy who's dead if it's water. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying, oh, Israel for this year it was water. First of all, it wasn't. But let's say even it was. Who am I to even say such a thing? But here we're talking about a state of mind that all the Jews, everybody was saved. Continue, number two. Since, since the God of my salvation is with me, I will secure, I will be secure and not fear. My salvation came from my attesting to the might of God and singing his praise. You know, this line is, is the beginning of the Avdala every Saturday night. So far is the, the beginning of the Avdala. Every Saturday night, we give ourselves strength. Shabbos, we disconnect all our, all our elect, 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 electric uh, devices. You know, it was in Vogue magazine, what it's called? The mm -hmm. women magazine, what's the name for it? There is a book. I heard it this week, I learned it now, no name. What you <laughs> <laughs> Telling me, yeah, yeah. <laughs> First time I heard about it. Somebody sent me an article. Then it's written that many non Jews adopted the concept of Shabbos. That you close all your cell phones and all everything. You have a Friday night dinner. It became a thing to do in New York. Talk about messianic times. <laughs> Why? Because they. You can then talk to each other. You can, you can talk to each other. That Saturday night, when Shabbos is over, there is a certain sadness. Everything is waiting for you. All the troubles. You just turn on the, the computer. This guy. Then this, it, this was in vogue? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not, not the Saturday night, but the idea that no. everybody... Yeah. I think the, the, this week. The Mashiach will be here next week. Yeah, they said, like a cell phone holiday, there is people who are doing it every Friday night. Yeah, 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 I just saw it today. Then um, I, tell, I told my wife, it's Vague magazine. She looked at me, she tells me, it's Vogue, not Vague. <laughs> <laughs> I read it, it's the same thing to me. <laughs> then this is, we take from this verse some strength to Saturday night to start a new week. Continue, number three, number three. You will draw water endlessly with joy from the springs of salvation. You'll draw water, but you have to draw it. It doesn't come to you. You have to draw it. Go ahead, continue. On that day, you will encourage and say, Give thanks to God. Call out his name. Make his deeds known among the nations. Remind each other that his name is exalted. You know what this is meaning? Chizkiyahu, that goes back to Chizkiyahu, the beginning of the story. God made for Chizkiyahu such a huge miracle, right? Chizkiyahu did not praise God in the world for the big miracle that he made. He didn't go out and say, God, what a big miracle. The, the Talmud says something very interesting. Okay, let's read one. Go ahead, read number five. Sing to God, for he has done a great thing. Let this be known throughout the earth. Continue. Raise your voice in joy, you who live in Zion, for the Holy One of Israel is great due to the wonders that he has performed among you. There is a a Talmudic story that God wanted to make Chizkiyot the Moshiach. That Midas Adin 
the, the Satan, the judgment came to God and says, you want to make his kiyom Mashiach? King David praised you so much for the miracles that you made him. You made for his kiyom such big miracles that you didn't make for King David, and he didn't praise you. And because of that, God did not make him the Mashiach. And right after the collapse of, of Soviet Union, the Rebbe had a whole talk that if they should never repeat the mistake that Hezekiah did, that they didn't praise God for the miracles. And we should go out because if not, we might miss the point. Miss the boat. That we see a miracle, we should stand up and thank God and praise God. The whole world should know that God made a miracle to the Jewish people. And then we'll deserve for more miracles. Do you think according to Hezekiah, who has a second chance to become a Mashiach?